Check one, well. two, check one, two. Did you get the check? Check at the check. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Pop Culture with Beards. I'm Phil, and I've got this to say to you. I'm making you do this. And what that'll mean will become more obvious as we go on. I'm here with... Andy, hi. And over on my right... This is Mike, and uh, there's so much room for activities. Absolutely. Okay, what are we talking about? What the hell are we going to crunch through today? Well, we're starting with the degeneration. Now, if you are an aficionado for Australian comedy... Uh, that was almost a sentence, then you might know a thing or two about the degeneration. If you don't, then we're here to tell you some stuff. The degeneration are, uh, you, if you know anything about Australian comedy, you will know some of the people that were involved in the degeneration. But the thing that began, that was called the degeneration, was an ABC show that went for two seasons. Now, the this is... Uh, Back in time in 1986 and 1987. And the uh, first season was based on the work that a number of students who were at Melbourne Uni had done in review form earlier. In this way, they, I guess it was sort of the model that we know from things like Monty Python, that sort of thing. Uni students who do so well at uni doing comedy that they can actually take it to television. Now, in this case, that original lineup was Rob Sitch, Santa Chilaro, Mark Downey, Michael Veach, or Veitch. I keep hearing both versions. I don't know why. Maggie Jabansky, John Harrison, and Tom Gleisner. And you will know, uh, if you've seen the first series of Degeneration, then the uh, it, it started off as a kind of... Its uni origins were kind of obvious in some ways, because um, Series 1 included uh, topic titles, themed episodes, like uh, three of the things were, there was one on Australia, there was an episode on the media, that kind of thing. So they would approach those topics and give it a bunch of sketches that went over about half an hour. Anyway, because they had a good sense of, uh, I guess you could say, a fresh sense of what was funny, and they were talking to their own demographic mainly, they rapidly got an audience among the ABC crowd who were used to, I guess, an older form of comedy, so they hit that young market really well. And they um, went on to do a second series which was uh, a little shorter and not quite so themed. Now, both those um, seasons, 86 and uh, 87, uh, led to a lot of other lot of other um, things in terms of um, shows and ideas but before we go to any of those things I just want to talk to you guys and see what was your reaction when did you see those sort of first couple of seasons of DGEN or maybe the Channel 7 episodes of DGEN when did you see any of that material and what effect did it have on you? Yeah interesting that you say that because I was going to ask you so what happened they did the two on ABC Mm -hmm. then they went to seven yeah and it didn't work out, is that right? Uh, no, it wasn't that. It's, I think people thought that because it was a change from the ABC setup. They actually did specials. Right. And they were further spaced apart. Okay. And I think some people kind of thought that that wasn't as um, 
as um, I guess uh, I, I guess as productive maybe or whatever. Mm. But I feel that's a fan type of idea okay. rather than anything real. I think that what was going on is they had a different setup, different budgets. They were also doing other things because, like for a start, by the time they got onto Channel Seven, some of them had, were beginning their radio work. So right, okay, so they're trying on. to juggle it all. Hmm. I recall seeing Degeneration on ABC as a kid yeah, and laughing at more of the physical comedy, but anything else than that went way over my head. I didn't understand who they were parroting and what they were doing or anything like that. So did you just blank that other stuff, basically? Yeah, just thought, oh, okay, this is some funny stuff and I wouldn't watch it religiously, but if it was on and there was nothing else, then I would watch it. I didn't know the degeneration that well until later on, which is what we'll get into next, and that was more my era, what they went on to in another form, which we'll talk about. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say about the same. I sort of, I don't know, really got into it once it became the late show, but later on, and then I sort of went backwards to see the earlier stuff. So I don't know if it made a huge impression on me back when they were the degeneration. I just and but going backwards, you find it fascinating how they splintered and went off into all these different projects. And what did they splinter off into? Oh, uh, hang on, hang on. Before oh, we, we do this, before okay. we do the splinter, let's cover a couple of other things. All right. I guess the thing is that uh, the interesting thing is that what happened with them is they went from being a bunch of university students to bit by bit becoming uh, professionals. And as they did, I would argue that the material changed so that they realised that, you know, okay, we're not just talking to a bunch of other uni students, we're talking to a general audience. Wider audience, yeah. But, you know, there's wider and there's wider. There's the ABC audience, and then they changed gear again when they went to Channel 7. And what's really interesting, and I think that um, people don't focus on it a lot because you kind of had to be there, was um, the move onto radio actually was a pretty big deal. I don't know if either of you remember the two sort of big hits they had, um, Five Five yeah, in a Row. Five in a row. I do. And that, that was a real, that was kind of a, the, the Triple M stuff they did and Five in a Row, which came off that, was sort of a, a big sea change for them in some ways because... Got them more well-known, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was. They got them more well-known and popular, but it was also them taking on a real sort of, they were both taking the piss out of the things that were commercial, but they were commercial as mm. because they were on Triple M. Mm. And there is well, a, there's a CD out there of like their best, uh, some of the moments from their Triple M days that you can buy called yeah. the best of DGen And yeah, like you say, they were having fun with the format of radio. And there's, there's one bit where they do the star signs for the day and they talk about Aquarius, you know, expect uh, good things in your day. And then talk about uh, Taurus and so on. And then they go Leo you owe me five dollars, things like that. Just like just sort of sending up the, the general conventions yeah, of, nice. of radio stuff. Yeah. Did um, when were the five in the row? I'm thinking eighty nine. Uh, five in a row was that's very good. It was uh, eighty nine, and the second one, the follow up, was uh, nineteen ninety. Ah, okay. And uh, if you remember some of, like, they were doing things like sending up um, John, John Farnham, Farnham, of course. Who got in on the act. Very, yeah, that's right. piss out yeah. of himself, which was good on him. Very memorable. But what was interesting there is they were on Triple M and they were sending up the idea of that kind of radio format. In yeah. fact, I would argue that um, they ha- had as much to do in this country with destroying that old five-in-a-row radio format mm. 
by by their comedy as anything else because pretty much now we are still living with commercial radio has comedians on it all over it. Yeah, that's questionable, but yeah. Well, in, in, in theory, yeah, comedians. I know what you're doing, but they actually, when they're not on radio, they're doing their stand-up yeah, and right. they are that, mm-hmm. that in fact, uh, I reckon that that started with the DJ. You know, before that, it was people who were just, you know, long time. They brought the system down from within. I'm really not saying that. (laughs) I am. (laughs) Okay, interesting. So then the splinter filled. Oh yes, the splinter went this way. The um, the uh, what they had was just to take a a half step back. That uh, Jade Turner and uh, Tony Martin need to be mentioned because. they became part of the degeneration. They weren't there from the very beginning. And also, a little later on at the on Channel 7, uh, Mick Malloy and Jason Stevens got involved. So that whole lot of people were degeneration. But then what occurred was that um, Michael Veach, Downey, Mark Downey, Magda Zhabansky and Jane Turner went on to fast forward and then... That eventually, and that was 1990 to 92, and from 92 to 97, we got full frontal, so that was that wing of the thing. And the other load of people was Sitch Gleisner, Martin Chilaro, Malloy Stevens, and Jane Kennedy, and they went on to the ABC Late Show in 1992. Love you, Jane. <laughs> you uh, love Jane. Look, what should we all do? Mm-hmm. And eventually, the Late Show was joined by um, Truth Lucy. So that was her addition to that particular world. Yeah, and as you said, Late Show um, started mid-1992 and ended in late 93. So since this is your show, I'm gonna, I imagine you guys had a lot of memories of the Late Show. Very much so, and, th- and this is where we've come on from. Thank you for the, intro- the, the prehistory, if you will, Phil, on the DD. You're very welcome. Yeah, and the Late Show was very much a, something that I treasured and adored when it came out, and I think Me Mike too. is the yeah. same. In fact, I believe Mike and I connected at work, if you will, over doing voices from the Late Show. And it's, random lines. Yep. And random lines, and that's why that's why we're here today in front of you. And um, so we owe it all to the, um, the splinter of the D-Gen. So Late Show was a, a sketch comedy show that was on, as it, the name suggests, late uh, at night on a Saturday night on the ABC. And uh, it, for me at least, and I think a lot of other people, it uh, came about with word of mouth. I don't think a lot of people knew about it so much and it was more of a thing of, I think, my sister who's older and her friends and older friends of mine put me onto it. And would talk about how great it was. And I think Phil sort of talked about how they were fresh. The comedy was very fresh. It wasn't in the vein of the comedy club that we used to have in the 80s, late 80s. This was very cutting edge. It was also very low budget. And inventive, very inventive. Yeah, Yeah, very inventive, absolutely. And it it had some fantastic stuff on there. And it had a mixture between uh, recorded segments and then they would go out live as well Mm. from uh, from the introduction and they would do skits and... They were very, very funny and one for a better word, the zeitgeist, if you will. They really had their finger on the pulse for the time and taking the piss out of a lot of things, and which was great. I just wanted to quickly talk about some of the segments. Very, very quickly was uh, Jeff and Terry, the um, the dodgy brothers. Not the dodgy brothers, yeah. but they were brothers that were uh, always trying to sell 
terrible products and services to Jane um, on there. Very, very funny. They had Tommy G's news headlines, which was very good, and they, it was the opportunity for Rob Sitch to come in and doing some wonderful impersonations of people. Uh, Street Talk. Now, I know that's a bit yeah. of a fan. You're a bit of a fan of that one, Mike. What yeah. was that one? Uh, well, that's just uh, Mick Malloy and Tony Martin uh, just uh, heading off into the streets of Melbourne to interview people about a given topic, whether it was the uh, the Olympics coming to Sydney or whether it was uh, uh, I'm trying to think the well dressed man, best well the, the worst dressed person in Australia. Yeah, was, uh, and then there was also the uh, changing the national anthem, things like that. Right. So yeah. it was just it was just something gone. topical. Yeah, and it was it really just showed off their talents of how they could uh, think off the cuff and just come up with these golden uh, lines and responses Very to whatever they stuff. came across, which of course led them to have their own. Uh, right, they went back to radio, right? Yeah, the Mick and Malaysia. Yeah, but uh, I can Martin I can Marley. vividly remember like people say, oh, you know, where were you on such a date? But I can remember just inadvertently flicking onto the ABC at like nine thirty or something on a Saturday night and seeing these guys taking off a stunt show called uh, Shit Scared, which was one of the segments. Yeah. And I just vividly remember going, what is this magic where these guys are just sending up like stunts and they're doing crazy <laughs> antics? And it's just like, from then on, I was hooked. And I yeah. just remember like Very r- religiously um, watching it on a Saturday night. So, and I think that, uh, you know, a lot of the time people would ch- cancel their plans or change their plans mm-hmm. so they could stay home and watch the late show I on a Saturday. I never went out yeah. to any other parties again. I stayed at yeah. home and watched the yeah. late show. Uh, and, of course, they did the... The wonderful, uh, I think it was called the Olden Days, yeah, where they took the old um, t- uh, John Waters ABC. It was called Rush, I think it was. Yeah, the original yeah. was Rush, but they turned it into Mud. Yeah, and so they would do the voices over the top of that, dub voices, and do very, very clever, very funny storylines. And then after that ended, they tried to get the Young Doctors. And they were all set to go with the Young Doctors. And they were lined up to do that. And then just at the last minute, that was scrapped. So oh. then someone suggested, bring in Bluey. which was Grundy, a, damn you. Which was an old 70s cop show that had Lucky Grills in it. Yeah. And that was turned into Barjas, which was absolutely hilarious. Very, very funny. You can even watch that on its own. You can find it somewhere. On YouTube. Do yourself YouTube. a favour. Check that out. Yeah. Of course, we had uh, Graham and the Colonel. At the end, that mm-hmm. was very, very good. Lots of like, funny sk- skits, but someone came up with the genius idea of doing the musical finale at the end of the show, where they would take someone uh, relatively famous, and then they would take someone like um, was it Ian Jury? Mm-hmm. No, uh, what was his name? The old newsreader, Brian Bury. Brian Brewery, <laughs> and they got him to sing Ian Jury. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Ian Jury and the Blockheads. And they would get them, and none of these people could sing. It was Shall we go through a few of them? It will have, I can't, yeah. Instead of uh, the baby animals, they got baby John Burgess, yes. the radio announcer. Very good. One uh, love, one heart. They had, uh, instead of Aerosmith, they had Pete Smith uh, singing <laughs> Dude Looks Like a Lady. Uh, what else? I think that was hilarious. Uh, instead of T-Rex, Bang a Gong, they had uh, the fishing expert Rex Hunt. Rex Hunt, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the solo was played on a fishing rod. Yes, that's it. <laughs> It was just, it was just a beautiful, like, I don't know, thing to look forward to. Like, you're going, where are they going to go next? You yeah. Know? Like, and this it was. wasn't, this is, wasn't one of those musical ideas, but it wasn't uh, the flavour of one of those things. It wasn't Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ridge. Yes. Yeah. One of those. They got it in there. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Very, very funny stuff. And 
I think what really appealed to people, obviously it was fresh, as you mentioned mm. earlier on about the degen, and they seem to have been very good at that. But I also think because it was a little bit culty, not, it was on ABC, it was on late on a Saturday, wasn't that mainstream. It was relatively low budget. A lot of the stuff was shot on video yeah. uh, for that time. Uh, and it was a very, dare I use the term grungy, because that's very much the early 90s. It was of yeah. that, that people didn't want the glitz and the glamour, and I think that's what really sold its appeal, with, amongst other things. And um, there were two, two wonderful, if you will, short films that came out of that for me. One was uh, Warren Perslow, which was the last Aussie auteur, which was done by um, Martin. Tony Martin. Tony Martin, thank you. And that was just a fan. Again, you can find that on YouTube about um, talking about Australian cinema and him trying to make B-grade Ausploitation films. The other one was the uh, Beware the Wog or Beware of Wog, which was about a guy (laughs) exploiting the Italian Greek community in Australia. And that was definitely a uh, take the piss out of the... um, Acropolis now, uh, Bogs out of work, Bogs out of work kind of thing. Where that was uh, Santo Chilaro. Yeah, you, you would have to say that Santo uh, took absolute aim at the work of Nick Giannopoulos and uh, hit the target a lot of times uh, because of the nature of that kind of comedy too. Because early DJN was connected with uh, people like Nick Bethalo and this sort of thing, they definitely had an opinion on their fellow Melbourneian. Uh, Nick Giannopoulos, and uh, they were merciless. And you don't get to see that very often in Australian comedy. I don't know if you know this, but do you know there's a Wog Boy 3 being filmed as we speak? I oh. did. It's coming out next year. Oh, I can't wait for that one. So there you go. There's a few few years between drinks there. Yes. Okay, so that was the D-Gen and the last show, but can we just quickly touch on what everyone kind of went off to do? Uh, it's a lot of things. I mean, like a lot of things. That's mm-hmm. why I. Uh, that's why I kind of don't want to. Can we just say this? Well, working dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we had um, Gleisner, Sitch, Chilaro, Kennedy. Those yeah. four went off to do working dog, which have done countless wonderful Australian television. <laughs> Let's give them a few. So there's the Russell Coit Adventures. The uh the half Front hour. line, yep. Front, Front line, line they yeah. did, which was looking at uh, current affairs. The castle, big screen movie. Yes, the, the dish. The dish. Um, oh, the panel. That was on. Uh, oh, uh, thank God you're here. Have you been paying attention? Have you been paying attention? Very, very clever bunch of people working together. Very innovative. Well, I was going to say that um, what you're saying now is probably worth going down that road a little bit because... We could do another podcast on that, Phil. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, what what I'm saying about jumping off what you were saying is that they are very uh, clever people Mm. and the thing is that they um, have had such a lot of involvement in so many projects Mm. that dragged in so many other people, not just their mates, but actually have rolled on and created a lot of um, different types of comedy. Yeah. But just to go back quickly to The Late Show, one of the things that was interesting there is you could tell the different personalities that were at work. Like, you could see what a Tony Martin thing was mm-hmm. because of he had a very particular approach to stuff. Very film-orientated man. Yeah, and the thing about them was that, um, you know, Santo and um, Rob often would often work together and they would do particular things too. Mm. And All it, written by Gleisner as well. He was the big yeah, writer guy. Yeah, and the thing is that some of the... Uh, they were, I guess, unusually for television. You saw people who were 
writer performers mm. doing a lot of their stuff, which is not necessarily how Australian television has worked in the past. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I think that's worth saying about them is that they are a kind of a second wave boomer generation X kind of cusp in terms of their ages. And so they were definitely trying to say and do different things. And you guys remember them talking to you, you know, hitting, hitting the target for you on the late show and really no one, they were the first people doing that because all other comedy before them was older, obviously. Mm. So they were kind of representing that's sort of generation and yeah. those those that's sort of thoughts. So whenever you hit that kind of audience, mm-hmm. that's what's gonna that's you know you'll stand get, out. You'll, you'll stand out exactly because they are up against things like the stuff that had come before them with things like you know Australia is standing in it, that sort of thing. Yeah, not to Gilly's report, that, which was yeah, very political. But mm-hmm. they were all they were all of a sort of an older. Yeah. kind of demographic definitely so to see to see those guys sort of rolling on for now i guess coming up for 30 years yeah and to do um lots and lots of things that have affected how we view uh australian comedy has been really interesting and i would make the argument that the chaser kind of exists as a sydney oh, kind of model oh yes because this is all melbourne did. based everyone mm-hmm. yeah that's right so like yeah. 10 years later the chaser kind of you know, yeah. takes um, some similar steps. And I, I really do wonder whether they would have done that had they not had... Probably not. You know, the example of... Um, it's an example that good know. writing... Yeah. With low budget mm. production values, you can get away with it. And I think that's it. So we will do another one on where they all went after that. Yeah. You know, there's so much to talk about Working Dog, but also the Martin and Malloy went on to do a television, yeah. uh, sorry, a radio career. Which and there's the ill-fated Vic Malloy show on Channel 9. There was that one. Infamous. <laughs> I've about that. And I but, believe uh, Jason Stevens, Stevens went on to produce quite a lot of stuff, which yeah. we, will, we can talk about. Um, I'd like to talk about uh, Bad X with uh, Tony Martin. Tony of Martin, course. directed film. Yeah. And then we can talk about the uh, sad news of the uh, the split between two of the cast members from the um, Late Show. Um, you'll have to tune in next time to find out who that was. So uh, on that note, that's been great. Uh, love you to go jump online if you can find them or get yourself a, a DVD or anything uh, out there and please have a look into it. And Not to be confused with late night talk shows. Just no, look for no. The Late Show, ABC TV, I think is the way Australian. to go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Thank you all. We'll see you again for that. Bye.